Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona and uh, the rains. Is anyone else tired of the rain besides me? I, am I allowed to even say that in, in Arizona? But uh, humidity, oh, I just don't, I don't want any more. Uh, so it looks like we're in for a bit of a dry out, which would be nice. We are seeing just a touch of overwater stress on some of the plants coming in. A couple deaths I've seen this week, but mainly it's just some leaves are spotting. Uh, Here's what happens when plants get too much rain in addition to or supplementing your irrigation and rain both. Sometimes you can actually overwater your plants and they'll stress out on you. They'll start to turn yellow. They'll shed some leaves. They'll stop flowering. Uh, They just have this, they can get spotting on the leaves. And so we're seeing a lot of mildew uh, happening. So this powdery white coating on the foliage, those are all indications of it's just been really wet, humid. So Arizona plants like to be, they like to dry out in between their water cycles, their water rain events. And so you'll see this, what happens is the, the soil will load up with moisture. You fill up all the air pockets in the soil with water molecules and the plants they're rooting out and they just, they can't breathe. Roots must breathe. They must have oxygen. It'd be like holding your little puppy dog down underneath the pool for 10 minutes straight. It's that effect on a tree, only it takes a little bit longer for that plant to literally drown. And so you'll see your evergreens. They'll just turn brown and just shed their needles like that. Just, just all in once. The damage was done two, three weeks months ago, but it just gave up the ghost and went, I'm done, and just sheds all of its foliage. And so kind of watch that. I've been uh, watering our our landscapes about once a week, Uh, and I've got a lot of new plants, but about once a week seems to do it. Uh, Some of the native uh, established things, I've backed off to every 10, 14 days. It just depends on, on how mature the plants were. So you need to play with your irrigation. You can't set it once and you're done. You got to actually tweak it because of the way our water cycle, our, our monsoon rains, the moisture hits the mountains of Arizona. It just hits all at once between August and September, and then it will dry out and we may not see moisture. Remember last year, those of you that, that kind of wintered with us last year, remember the last rain was in November and we didn't see another rain event at least here in the Prescott area, which I would assume most of us are similar, uh, the, the last rain event in November, and then it didn't rain again till June. We had a hurricane come up from Mexico and, and dump on us, and then it really didn't rain again until the monsoon pattern started the 1st of July, which is more normal for us. Usually, almost always, we have a moisture event midwinter, usually end of February. March is generally a wet month for us. But I've seen, uh, I mean, I've been snowmobiling in Prescott in November. You just just never quite know how much moisture we're going to see. It's intermittent. So kind of watch that. You want to tweak your irrigation. And then also, we've had some tremendous plantings. Those of you that have been into Waters Garden Center, 
this week and bought big, I mean, big landscapes. Uh, like we're going to plant these large, like full on the whole front front yard. Uh, thank you. Uh, if you're doing that, it's a great time to be planting, but you'll need to remember that water cycle. If we have an event like we did last winter, uh, rained in November and then no more moisture through winter, you're going to have to supplement some watering for those new plants. Not very much. Just give it a give it a good dose a couple times a month. If we happen to have a snow event, if we happen to have some winter rains, you can back one of those off, but at least once a month, you want to water through winter. So plant now. It's a great time. You'll get a flush of new growth in, in you know through the fall of roots. You'll get a flush of roots. And then you'll get another flush of roots next spring. So it really makes for a robust plant next summer, which is the hardest months. June is your difficult month to grow things. That's when you're really challenged. But right now, you'll, you'll get more root mass underneath that plant by planting now than you would uh, by waiting till next spring where you'd only have half the root mass. So that's something to kind of watch. It's just if you're planting in the autumn, tremendous time, just make sure you water through winter a couple times a month. It's that simple. If you turn your irrigation off and then you don't even think about your landscape for six months, you're going to have some death and decay. I don't care if it's brand new plants or established old old plants. I think a lot of this uh, this Leland cypress canker that's it's taking out a lot of the Leland cypress, I think a lot of that was accentuated by last year. If you didn't water and keep those plants healthy, you're really struggling to keep those plants alive right now because this canker, it's disease, got established and it's wiping out entire rows of Leland cypress. So keep your plants healthy. Now, if your plants are turning yellow too soon, so I'm seeing some uh, maples turn too soon, some aspens. Believe it or not, you can overwater an aspen. I mean, they're a native Arizona plant. They, they're they used to our cycle, but if they load up with moisture at their root root zone, they'll they'll turn. They actually will turn color and shut down. They're going, I am just too stressed out. I am not feeling good. I'm going to put myself to bed. And so they just check out early and they, they hope that they will dry out and be able to recuperate next spring. So if you're seeing that, some your plants are turning fall color too soon. It's not fall yet. We still got a month to go. Some plants, two months. I mean, a long time before we're seeing any kind of autumn colors showing up. If you're seeing that show up early, earlier than your neighbors, that's because it got too wet. Or the most likely right now with all the moisture is it, it was too moist. And so it's, it's stressed out. So it's checking out. It could be grubs, something obscure, but now we're into the really the one, two percent of problems it could be. The 90% was it was probably too got too wet. With our heavy clay soils, it stayed too moist, and so it's turning colors early. It's shedding some leaves early. It's got spotting of the leaves. The tips will turn black or brown. Those are all indications I'm just wet. And this soil is staying too moist. For me, so watch my irrigation. So that's one. Back your irrigation off. Hit the skip cycle if you see some rain. So anyway, that that's we've got a lot in store for you this show. Right now, it's the uh, javelina. Oh, the javelina are wreaking havoc on the gardens. So if you didn't fence them out, or if you just you're planting and they come in, these wild pigs at almost all elevations. As a kid, we never really had 
javelina up in the mountains in Prescott. We'd go, I'm a hunter, so outdoorsman. I'd go down to New River or Congress. They were always at the lower, that high desert area. Well, they've made their way up to pretty much most of Arizona, and they're spreading more. These herds of 10, 15, 20 piglets, pigs, hogs coming in, uh, the, the, and they root up or they rototill your gardens. Sometimes you'll plant a new thing that they aren't even, they don't even like. They're just in, they're interested in the soil underneath that new planting. They notice animals in your landscape. They notice new things in their environment. They're going, whoa, well, that's new. That one over there last night, Bob. Hey, let's go check it out. See what's going on. And they'll go root up to see what's underneath the roots. Sometimes I think they just like to have fun. They'll rip it up and throw it up in the air. They'll tromp on it. They'll pass the baton going, hey, you try this. This is fun. They don't eat it. They just are just destroying things. So I've got some uh, tips this show. Probably maybe the bottom of the hour we'll start segment five. We'll get into plants the javelina don't eat, which is also going to be plants that the rabbits, uh, not so much pack rats, but deer, rabbits, javelina, antelope, they probably don't eat either. So we'll hone in specifically on on uh, javelina. And then I've had some pack rat issues. I'll probably cover that one too. So a lot. And so we've got Lisa Waters Lane coming into the studio with your garden questions. We'll see what's up with that. We'll be right back with more on The Mountain Gardener. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe your garden should be natural, safe, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we're back with Ken and Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions and lots and lots of questions showing up, aren't there? Just like uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. You should give people an update. On the rare houseplants that came uh-huh. in. So they are so funky. The folks that are into houseplants. Mm-hmm. They'll really like this. And those folks that aren't into houseplants, you'll enjoy what listening to this because Lisa's <laughs> got all the inside skivvy on. We've got houseplants can, that can only be found yeah. here in Arizona at Waters Garden that Center. That's true. I, how we found these, we've got friends in the right places. We're in, where were we? Or, oh, um, 
Orlando, Florida. Oh, that Florida. was a different one, Florida. Been so many places. We ran across some friends that are growing exotic houseplants in Virginia. Mm -hmm. We worked out a deal where they could ship them to us FedEx next day, and it worked out. It was really neat. Going, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful ones that I've really never seen before. And don't ask me the names because I don't remember. Them. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you got all kinds uh, of pale, whatever leaf cut, cut holes, shut. Right. Dance in the dark. You, need, you actually need Kenzie over here. Oh, she's probably, the one yeah. that ordered them. Yeah. And she actually knows them. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're cool and pretty. Okay. <laughs> but really unique colored ones. Uh, lots of Phillies, philodendrons that are very unique, hard to find. Uh, some of them are like genetic mutations that yeah. they specifically do. It's just, it's really cool what they go through to create these plants and have them. And some of them, I know they spend like, $500 for a cutting from like Thailand or the upper Mongolian 5,000 foot level of like Vietnam or wherever. And they ship them in just a cutting and they start tissue culturing these over like months and months. They make baby ones and they make bigger ones and they grow a copy of that same one because you're not allowed to ship like dirt across right. international lines or all kinds of ag laws. Mm -hmm. So you just get the foliage or the stems and right. you could do that. And then they start from there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, just some that are um, like a pale yellow. I mean, they're supposed to be yellow, not overwatered yellow, right. but yellow, like just so many different. I love the different colors and the and the textures and really cool. Makes me want to bring one of everyone home. And... No, we don't have enough room. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't saying that. Just other folks, I want them to do that. I bring one home. It's, it's an <laughs> orange got orange leaves on it. It's a philodendron, but it's got these really cool orange leaves to it. Orange-leafed philodendron. Yeah. Now, that's freakish. Glows in the dark. It does. There's a pink princess one I really want to, but I'm not sure if we could spot for it. <laughs> but I'm contemplating. That one's super rare. So yeah. anyway, exotic plants. Well, this is about garden questions. What are it everyone is. else talking about? Mm -hmm. Maybe house plants, but it could be tomatoes or fruits or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we've got a little bit of all the above. Okay. Our first one is from Marin. She wants to know, will snails and slugs eat the fruit as well as the leaves or do they, of uh, tomatoes and peppers, vegetables, or do they just eat the leaves? So uh, tomatoes are different. Other vegetables, yes, they will. Interesting tidbit, factoid. Did you know the reason that animals generally, bugs, don't eat the tomato fruit is because the skin is actually Toxic. Really? Now, to you and I, you'd have to eat like boatloads to actually do anything. <laughs> but to, a, to an insect, uh -huh. so it's their natural defenses of a tomato. The fruit mm -hmm. is so delicious to everyone, yeah. it wraps itself in a red skin. Not just red, but in a skin that is toxic to bugs, basically. So <laughs> I would say probably they won't eat tomatoes, but they'll eat everything else. Okay. Uh, horned worms, you know, generally they eat tomato, horned worm, tomatoes. But I've seen them eat peppers and other things. It just depends on, on what competition's out there, mm -hmm. how much foliage, how many, the, the, the sphinx moth, the one that looks like a hummingbird. That is actually the adult, uh, the adult phase of a, a tomato worm. Mm -hmm. So it depends on where she's laying eggs around the yard. And there's been a lot of them. So kind of keep a close eye on your tomatoes. So if you've got snails and slugs, 
they deserve to die. Don't let them eat. Don't let them eat your fruit. Just get rid of them. Put a little bit of bait out there, some iron-based bait. They'll be gone. They'll be gone like the next day. So at least it'll thin them out enough where they won't bug you so much. So Marin, get in here yeah. and get you some snail and slug bait, and that'll affect it. Okay, they're get they're pretty thick right now. It's in our yeah. our backyard. We have a raised patio, and but it sits up what maybe five six feet. Yeah, I was looking at the wall, and there are at least six yeah. snails stuck to the. <laughs> That's because we've got ivy and achebeas things yeah. growing on the walls. So it's like okay. the perfect environment for them. <laughs> they were big too. They yeah. were happy, but yeah, get rid of them. Step on them. Eat them salt. Crunchy, crunchy. Or just I throw them get some bait. <laughs> oh, oh, don't tell This is broadcast. They're probably listening right now. They're going, you're the reason I've got snails and slugs. <laughs> Sorry, neighbors. No secrets out. <laughs> uh, Shannon in Fresca Valley wants to know why the javelina keep digging up her lawn. Yeah, so there we go. Just creating a mess out there. And she wants to know how to determine what to do. Yeah, so they're eating something. They're attracted to something that's in the lawn, and and most and, and it's usually a protein source. So worms it could be worms. There's been a lot of worm movement, so they'd like those more than likely. It's grubs. So you've got a, a white C-shaped worm that eats the roots on your grass, and they smell these, um, and so they'll come in and dig up rototill the the lawn and, and eating not the lawn, but they're eating. The grubs. Another one, uh, skunks will come in. They'll dig this perfect little cone-shaped hole so they can get a real sensitive nose. They can smell the grub. They take their little paws and dig it up and just kind of slurp it up and then go to the next one. So they don't dig up the whole lawn. They just leave cone-shaped holes everywhere all over the lawn. Pretty much you need a grub killer. Come in and get You need to come come in and talk to us. We can help you with this. Don't, don't struggle. Right. So it's just one kind of a granular thing. You sprinkle on the yard, you turn the system on or pray for rain. We'll go for rain. Mm -hmm. Goes to the soil, kills off the grubs. No more grubs, no more skunks, no more javelinas or, or reduced effect. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's, they're that's, looking for dinner. They're looking for dinner. That's why they're there. And they're in your yard is a smorgasbord. That's right. All right. <laughs> Matata. <laughs> Larry has a three-year-old maple. Yeah. Started out the season great, nice dark green leaves. Now they're kind of a real pale green yeah. to yellow. He wants to know, should he correct it or should he just let it go? Um, and if correcting it, well, how do you correct it? So if your skin's turning yellow and you're really <laughs> pale and you have a fever you and you just feel terrible, it. should you just let it go or just kind of... Of course you should do something about it. What kind of question is that? It's in danger. It's stressed out. It's talking to you. Don't just let them go to sleep. Once they're going to bed, so anything stressed out turning color right now, way too early. You're at least three, four weeks too early. Mm -hmm. And so you should be worried. So it's usually going to be water damage. It's a rock shelf where water is pooling uphill. It's coming underneath where you don't even see it. It's doing damage to the roots. It could be that you water just pooled up around that and it's, the pH has gone up too high. Or more than likely, all of the above. Yeah. What to do? Uh, you're going to have to form some new roots. So those, those roots have been damaged. So you're seeing the stress up top. And so it's seen yellowing, turning color too early, brown tips. All kinds of symptoms can show up. But the damage is under the ground, but it's showing off above ground. Come in and get a bottle, get, get a bag, bag of Humic, H-U-M-I-C, humic. It's humic acid. Humic acid helps. It's, if you take 
a compost pile, its last elements, the very last thing left in the compost pile is humic acid. Uh, trees and shrubs, plants love that stuff. And so it causes them, it kind of tickles the feet of their, their roots and kind of gets them to root out. So it feeds the soil, so it activates the soil, so it wants to root. But in addition, at the same time, put humex, it's a granular, also put down all-purpose plant food. It's a 744, but it's got some sulfur, it'll lower the pH, it's got some iron, it'll help green it up. If it's really bad, we might actually put on just straight iron in addition. I think those two things, humex and all-purpose food, that would be enough to green it up, and it's going to increase the fall color. It's going to be in, in a month. We've got fall kind of happening. Your aspens and maples will start turning. A bit early for some things, but some will start turning. That'll green that thing right up and make a difference, uh, like like immediately, the next rain. Great questions this week, folks. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back. We've got to take a break right after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants for September are Russian sage, pampas grass, honeysuckle, and raywood ash. Raywoods are superior shade trees for wind and drought locations. Plant as a single specimen or in a grove for more widespread shade on hot south and western exposures. Dark green foliage forms the perfect round head with leaves that turn a magical wine red through autumn. We sell only the prettiest shade trees at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe you're never too old to set new goals or have new dreams at Waters Garden Center. If new neighbors are encroaching on your privacy, we have just the solution. At Waters, we have an entire section of thick, bold plants dedicated to privacy. Fall is a time to plant a new privacy hedge, and we're here as advisors. Take a quick measurement and snap a picture before you come visit, and you'll quickly be living in privacy once again. Plus, our team of experts know how to plant to increase plant growth next spring. We'll show you how or do all the planting work for you. Waters Garden Center. We know privacy in your backyard. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So on our Waters Instagram feed, I posted a five, six-inch worm. Worm had to be as big around as a nickel. It's huge. Bigger, it's as big as your fingers, your largest finger. Just It was huge. This thing, I put him on my hat, let him crawl around on my hat, took a photo of it, and went, This that's what this bug is. You could feel him kind of oozing, gooing over your hat. It was kind of creepy, but really funky. It's a really interesting caterpillar. There's a moth flying around right now that looks like a hummingbird. And so hummingbird moth or sphinx moth. It's a huge moth. Goes around pollinating flowers. Got a great big proboscis uh, tongue that goes around and, and, and sips out nectar. It's a good guy. But the caterpillar or the larva stage is a monster. It's huge. Looks like it's going to suck on your jugular vein and take out some blood from you or something. Uh, they're eating right now. I found this one on a grape. Uh, I've seen them eating tomatoes and peppers. In fact, the grape, interesting, that particular caterpillar, it's got to be five inches long, every bit of that and more, 
and and as big around as a nickel. I mean, it's it's like your finger sitting there on the on the plant. It was eating grapes, uh, uh, so it turned brown, kind of brown with some purple stripes on it. Kind of pretty. When it's eating tomatoes, it turns a bright like fluorescent green. When it eats peppers like jalapenos, it turns a kind of a darker green. Interesting. They actually like to eat tobacco. They get into tobacco crops, and they turn a bright, bright, like brilliant blue. So depending on what they're eating, the color of this caterpillar will change. And so mostly you'll know that you have them on your tomatoes because that's what they're famous for, tomato hornworm. That's that's its other name. Um, it actually strips your vines down to the nubs. And you're going, where'd all the foliage go? You'll see some black droppings or caterpillar poop sitting down on the, on the lower foliage. And it'll be five, six, seven caterpillars doing all this damage. Don't let them eat your foliage. You want to go after them. So you don't want, they'll actually reduce your tomato crop. So uh, they'll, they'll they can infect the plant with different viruses if they're if they spread it from one plant to the other but mainly they just take the foliage mass and now the plant cre can't create the photosynthesis to make the tomatoes so you, you'll lose flavor and size on your tomatoes you kill them just don't let them be there i picked this one off and fed them to, to chickens so chickens love caterpillars they fight over them it's like a feast kind of fun to watch gruesome uh, but or prune them in two or pick them off. And I used to give them to my little kids when they were small, especially boys. Here, boys, here's a bunch of caterpillars. Make sure they're all dead before you get done. They go, oh, all right, that's good. They throw them out, the, out in the road, let the birds eat them. So just don't let them eat your tomatoes. They are They can devastate the foliage. So look for big worms. They take the same color as the plant they're eating. So they're really hard to find. But you'll see missing foliage or you'll see little little uh, brown spots on the foliage caterpillar poop on there so you know they're on there if you find them cut them in two with pruners or scissors i've got a spray there's an organic spray you can take them out with uh called uh, bt b as in boy t as in tom or thoroughside uh, is, is the other name so i've got several they're organic you spritz the foliage they come out at night digest some foliage get sick to their stomach stop eating drop dead very all natural you can spray up to the day of harvest it's very specific or selective kind of spray goes just after caterpillars it works on tent caterpillars works on elm leaf skeletonizer which is a worm a grape leaf skeletonizer which is also another caterpillar kind of worm any kind of caterpillar it obliterates them and completely organic does not affect birds your dogs does not affect ladybugs only caterpillars it's a great product bts and boy if you got problems or you just can't find them uh, go after them but if you really really look you'll be able to spot them so I've, i'm going to go over some design tips i'm writing an article right now and i was trying to research some of the tips i've got so i've got five ways to design with boxwood garden design basics um, five ways to design with roses uh, designing building your own raised beds uh, four easy steps for spring tips, spring designs, designing with Christmas trees, uh, natives. I've got all kinds of topics, but I'm trying to curate this down. Uh, and I've got a eight easy do-it-yourself garden tips. Let me see if I can go with just one, kind of kind of tease you into not changing that channel. And one is add interest. 
So it's a 20% rule. You want 20% of your landscape plants to be spring bloomers. You want 20% to be summer bloomers. You want 20% to be fall color, which is we're going into right now. You'll see this in the next couple of weeks. Beautiful fall foliage. You want 20% of that yard to be that way and 20% to be evergreens. This is just a mathematical formula. Just kind of get it close. And that last 20%, should be whatever tickles your fancy. You're a gardener and you're from Alaska and you spend your winters down here, put more evergreens in so you enjoy that. If you, this is your summer home and you winter down in Phoenix, put more summer plants in. Put whatever makes you happy. Uh, in all, you want about 60% of your yard to be covered with foliage. That's the balance. That's when it feels right. So 20% rule for, for different seasons, for each season, and 60% of the entire landscape covered in foliage and you'll have a beautiful landscape more tips more details after this the mountain gardener your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season stress melts away with water's finest quality plants curated for a better night's sleep imagine a five-star sleep experience waiting for you every night at home Bask in the comfort of these plants as they absorb harmful chemicals and pollen. Purifying bedroom air, creating your own living oxygen tent, as refreshing as a forest rain. A good night's rest starts at Waters Garden Center. Natural, safe, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott, also found on the web at top10houseplants.com. Waters Garden Companion plants for September are Pampas Grass, Honeysuckle, Raywood Ash, and Lacy Blue Russian Sage. Lacy Blue Russian Sage is a Waters preferred perennial for its compact form that doesn't flop over in the landscape like others. The spiky blue flowers bloom summer through fall with aromatic foliage detestable to all animals. Simply stunning at the edge of dry stream beds mixed with wildflowers. Shop in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane, back this segment's all about her, her ideas, her gardening, her skills, and just how to share that. And so, and, and we can break up the, just not a man talking, just monotone all the way through. <laughs> it's something more interesting. So we get a different perspective. So anyway, um, but we should, before we even start, we should have a Tilly update. How's your little puppy dog? It was 10 weeks. Now it's 11 week old. No, I think she's about 12. 12. Yeah. So past the 12 week mark, Scotty. Mm-hmm. which is Scotty's are a terrier. They're full of energy and happiness all the time. All the time. That tail is always. Oh, it is going. <laughs> it smacks the floor because it's only yeah. like four inches off the ground. Just always happy. She's she's a very sweet little dog, very loving, but she's definitely a terrier. Yeah. So when she sets her mind on something, boy, howdy. Yeah. And not, af- way. not afraid of anyone, well, anywhere. Just not afraid of any bigger, smaller, yeah. not afraid. Just jump off a 10-story building. I think she thinks she's super dog or something. <laughs> you got to be careful where you put her because she'll just jump right off of it. You're like, oh, my God, don't do <laughs> But, yeah, no fear, big 
big dog, little dog. She doesn't care. I mean, she's friendly, but she's not going to back down. You're not going to push her around. Nope. We were teaching her. I, we, we shot a video, an Instagram video this week. It went viral. viral. People just, it's so cute. Teaching her how to go down the stairs in the back garden. She just flies. She just goes, <laughs> woo. Just kind of, whoa. And then basically snorts the camera. Just go right, look at it right between the eyes. She was just so cute. Cute. She's adorable. Very smart. She's what? Maybe too smarter. Maybe or smarter too dog. smart. Yeah. Because she's always, you can just see her looking and thinking, what am I going to do about this? We like Scotties. We had big so farm dogs, big shepherds, big labs, big retrievers, big. Because you know, on the farm, you kind of want big for, well, they don't get eaten by bears and lions and <laughs> tigers and cows. And they protect the kids. Yeah. Scotties are small, so they can travel wherever they want with you. But... They think they're a big dog. They think they're a German Shepherd, only they're pint size. You know, they're 18 pounds. So <laughs> she's very sweet, very adorable, adapting very well. To, as to soon as we life. get her shots, get her all healthy, just mm -hmm. we'll bring her in and let people start seeing her at the garden center. Yeah. She'll love yeah. that because she, she loves, loves people. people. Oh my yeah. gosh. Definitely does. So, what about this segment? What about garden tips? Well, first, I want to let people know. So, we are getting in our snapdragons, our yeah. chrysanthemums, and our pansies. Yeah. So, if you're like me and some of my summer pots have kind of lost their glory, yeah. <laughs> the zinnias didn't like all that rain. No. Uh, so, I'm going to be redoing my pots. And, and why not put in things that are going to go all through the season? Um, snapdragons are amazing. They do yeah. so well here. Um, we've actually had some in pots, a little bit more shade, but they've been going all season long. Oh yeah, they're crazy. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, pansies too in the backyard mm -hmm. in that in the yeah. shade. They're still going strong. It's amazing. Right. I thought they'd die out in the summer. Nope, they're nope. still going. They're still going. So pansies, snaps, uh, chrysanthemums. If you want some of that fall color going on, we've definitely got those. Uh, we also have some of our starting to get some of our fall vegetables. Oh good. In. Yeah. So. A lot of the lettuces, kale, a little early yet for the broccoli and cauliflower, but they'll be showing up soon. Yeah. Um, Swiss chard, which I love. I don't like to eat Swiss chard, but I love the color. I like juicing Swiss chard. <laughs> that's Talk true. about antioxidants. That's, oh, yeah. that's got it, it going on. Of, yeah, you do juice it. But I like just how it looks with pansies around it. It's yeah. really cool. Um, herbs. We also have a, still have a really nice selection of winter-hardy herbs. So you can plant them and you don't have to worry about them freezing out and going, oh, they won't be there next year because they will come back even bigger and better. I think a lot of folks, especially from the Midwest where it gets really cold, they're used to planting those things and they fully expect them to die mm -hmm. by Christmas. Right. Or the Southern Cal, Phoenix, Tucson, uh, uh, Palm Springs, mm -hmm. they're used to, well, it's just still way too hot. I just can't do that. Here, we're at the perfect environment where you plant them now, they're going to bloom until Christmas, and then they're going to bloom through the new year mm -hmm. and Thanksgiving. You know, they're going to bloom right through until next right. summer because we just we get cold, but we're not we don't get that cold. Right. So pansies and violas and kale, all these things you've mentioned, they fly through the winter. They like cold. Mm -hmm. They want to have some snow on them, and they're they're just celebrating that. Yeah. And the flavor comes out on your spinach and your mm -hmm. broccoli and your kales. They get sweeter as it gets colder, mm -hmm. but you put them in now. So they have time to root, fill in, become hardy and your harvest will be greater. And mm -hmm. parsley, you can go on and on. There's a whole winter. We're about to come into our winter cold season planting season. Mm -hmm. So we've got three seasons, March through April, which is chilly, bright days, cold nights. 
We've got a regular planting season, everyone knows, put tomatoes in, you know, in May, June, July. And now we're coming into, surprisingly, a third planting season because we're so mild. It's unusual. Phoenix doesn't do that. Midwest, no. It's kind of this little bubble here in the in this four to six thousand foot level of, of the mountains of Arizona. Right. They get uh you can just have your cake and eat it too and have more. Have you been teasing me? That's right. Or flowers or whatever. Yeah. That's funny because I was talking to a gal, I think she's from Minnesota or Michigan, yeah. one of those cold states. And she was asking, are chrysanthemums perennials here? Because <laughs> back where she was from, they would freeze out. Yeah. Uh, but here they're a wonderful perennial. Yep. Yeah. They just they sell them as an annual, they throw them away. Right. I just read an article going uh the the 12 annuals of fall. Moms are not an annual here. Where would you? That was someone from Chicago, right? That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, you know, if you get some pots to redo or some need some addition, come check those out. Yep. But the other thing I was going to talk about is the ornamental grasses, because we are moving into that period of time where the ornamental grasses just shine. This is like their season. Um, I love the ornamental grasses in the yard. I think there's a lot of uses for them. For people to use them in in the yard so i was going to mention it. i think you should start with pampas grass you just get the big boy out of the way it's too big uh, for most people but you got to have it that's true and then move to the really pretty exotic ones <laughs> yeah so pampas grass is that great big huge one with the great big white plumes or on red it. or pink whatever color yeah, that is dirty white fine yeah, yeah it's dirty white because everybody you know you see all these advertisements blue plumes on no. it nah no. just nah <laughs> 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 just go with the ivory white one it's so pretty it does so well here it's not gonna do weird stuff for you so just go with the normal pampas grass for you uh, but yeah that's the great big one you do need to have a pretty good size yard to um, it, I mean, accommodate that small children dogs have been lost in pampas grass <laughs> it's huge and it cuts you up it looks like you've been in a yeah. dog you have to cut it back every year it's more than I would want in my yard. For my friends or listeners to the Mountain Gardener radio show, we have these better choices. <laughs> Go ahead, Lisa. Well, we do. We have a beautiful pampas grass at the garden center. I think we've got two or three of them. They're gorgeous. So don't discount those. But some of the others that do very nicely here, deer grass. Oh, which yeah. It's kind of another bigger grass, but it does very nicely. It's hip here. high instead of yeah, head height and that's above. True. It's half size. That's true. Uh, why do they call it deer grass? Because deer love to not eat. I don't think deer eat it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. think they do. No, they I don't. was wondering why they called it deer grass. It has a real fine uh, plume that comes out of it. Uh, the other one that I really like is the redhead fountain grass. Oh, good choice. That is a beautiful grass. We have that at our house. It is spectacular and it's very unique looking. So definitely that's one to check out. Or any of your... Um, Mooly grasses. So there's plumetastic, there's regal mess, there's I don't know how many different varieties, but it is a wonderful little grass. About knee high. Yeah. Um, Native. I mean, they yeah. just grow wild. They're coming out with new varieties. Right. Because they look so good rest, through the rest of the country, but it grows wild. Yeah. Right here. It has usually like a real dark pink or light pink plume yeah. to it. And the wind hits it in the sun. It's just, it's a spectacular grass. Does very well. Um, the, the smaller grasses that I really like, of course, blue fescue. Yeah. Uh, so those make really good, like a long, I'm running out of time. You're pressuring me. Just making sure you're watching, you're talking, you're not watching the, the radio program director is not going to care if you're being nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so the little grasses, the blue fescue, 
Uh, there's a little budding grass called little bunny. Uh, those are so great along edges of perennials or by walkways. So definitely want to check those out. Uh, Carl Forrester is another one that I really like. And now, now you are officially time. out of time. Sorry. You can come in and talk to Lisa and the crew about all the, they're all in bloom. They're all here now. Now's the time you put them in. So let's, tis the season for grass, pumpkins, and mums. Here we go. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. After this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Yavapai County is a place of families, healing, and giving back. And that's why service clubs like Rotary does so much good in our community, and you can get involved. Rotary is partnering with Prescott Schools, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, Bradshaw Mountain Interact Leadership Club, and more. Each helps students up their skills, graduate on time, and become stronger citizens. They're doing amazing work. On September 25th, Rotary is hosting a Grapes for Good garden party. Fine wines, fine food from El Gato Azul, and raising money to scholarship this year's kids in need. Join us. Our sponsors covered all the costs, so your donations go 100% for the good. The party is in the gardens here at Waters Garden Center, with tickets sold at Waters, Olson's Grain, Prescott True Value, and online at PrescottFrontierRotary.com. Join us on September 25th for the 16th annual Grapes for Good at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let's go into the actual plants. We've described what type of plants animals aren't going to bother, or least likely to bother. We've gone over the soil. They're just interested because you've got a new plant out there. They, they're looking at going, oh, what's, what's here? Let's dig this up. Not because the plant is there, because they're interested in worms or something else underneath the soil. Remember, their main protein source for javelina, for skunks. Uh, for really, in, it's, it's insects. And so they'll dig down, look for earwigs and worms and grubs. And so they'll dig up and throw your plant aside just to dig up and roll in and th think about and snort and waller and play in your garden just because it's something new. So they'll do that for trees, shrubs, whatever. So you, you pick those things back up the next morning, plant them, and then you try to fence them off until they can get rooted or until the animals get used to uh, that plant being there, so all of a sudden they don't go, oh, that's a brand new plant. Where'd that come from? Let's go check it out. So Havelina specifically, the wild pigs. If you can go down your street and you see plants that are in your neighbor's yard, more than likely it will also work in your yard because those uh, same that same herd is roaming up and down the street looking at their plants going, that's eh, the same thing as what's down there, three doors. Just let's keep moving on. There are some plants, though, that just they don't like. But if you don't know where to start, look at your neighbor's yard. Then you come in, and I've got a list. I'm going to put it out by the front desk here, here at Waters Garden Center. I'll have it out for the next week or so. It says Havelina Resistant Plants. So, And it's going to be on that list a lot of names you actually like and want. 
It's lilacs. Lilacs, they generally, they'll leave alone. Manzanita, that's a native plant that grows wild in their environment. They have no interest in it. Red hot pokers. Uh, there, there's a, a plant that's kind of spiky like a yucca, but it puts on this tall, pretty much a knee high or above a flower that looks like a red hot poker. Thus the name. That's a great one. Evergreen looks great. Uh, you've got your sages. Anytime you hear the word sage or salvia or any herb really, but sages and salvias have this real herbal scent to it. And they smell that and they go, oh, that's got to be nasty. Look, it smells like sage. Yuck. So that's your autumn sage, actual culinary sage. Anything that's got sage or salvia, you're almost guaranteed going to be a winner. Every garden should have snapdragons. Snapdragons, a cute little flower, stands about 18 inches tall, comes in a multitude, a rainbow of colors, and then they spread. They're like a true wildflower. They look delicious, but they've got a sap in them that the animals just do not like. That's a good fall blooming kind of plant that just keeps going. You plant it right out there, they'd be fine. You Californians, you'd love Nandina or Heavenly Bamboo. It looks delicious again. It looks soft. It's evergreen. It's, it, it doesn't have any of the characteristics I described at the bottom of the hour saying this, these are things animals look for. You know, the, the blue color, the two-toned leaves, the herbal, uh, kind of the fragrance. So this thing doesn't have a fragrance. It, doesn't, it must have a taste that they really don't like, but it does really well. Personally, I've had peonies, a perennial peony. You folks from the Midwest, you, you love your peonies. I do too. I'm, I've had some in a raised bed right there where the javelina come through, and they just don't bother it. It's really encouraging. Butterfly bush. It's in bloom right now. Butterflies are all over it. comes in several different heights. But believe it or not, it's, that's one of those that has that texture to the foliage. So they, they won't eat that. They don't like it. So javelina just keep grazing and go on by. If you see a flower that's got carnations, or dianthus in the name. They're kind of related. They're sort of uh, uh, the same plant, but animals, because the foliage of a carnation is generally blue with this bright, big, big pink, white, red flower to it. But that's a great one. Uh, California poppies. Again, it's in their native environment, so they just naturally leave California poppies alone. For those of you that have had erosion issues, oh, the rains have really caused issues. There's a couple ground covery kind of shrub-like things. One's cotoneaster, or people call it cotton easter. It's kind of how it's spelled phonetically, but it's cotoneaster. It's a great evergreen ground cover. Most of them, there's three or four varieties, and not one of the varieties will have Alina bother. Not one. Uh, uh, deer don't care. Rabbits, leave them alone. Great evergreen has a white flower in spring. Loaded up with, with red berries uh, starting through winter. It's just every yard should have one. But if you've got erosion control, it's one plant covers about a six-foot spread. I mean, just one emitter to make this plant grow, and it just holds in six by six foot of, of, of landscape. It's great ground cover. A companion plant we often put together for hillsides, uh, up along driveways, where those washes are, tend to gather. We'll put honeysuckle. There's a lot of different kinds of honeysuckle you can use, but that traditional honeysuckle, the Hall's 
honeysuckle, H-A-L-L, Hall's honeysuckle. That's the one as a kid you'd pull out the stamens and suck the nectar. What's well, great, great? Hummingbirds love it, but javelina don't. Uh, your, your, your butterflies love it, but the pack rats don't. I mean, your, your swallowtails love it, but the, the uh, jackrabbits and the deer leave it alone. Honeysuckles are really good, and they're draw hardy. Minimal care. Again, plant one, and it will cover about a 10 by 10 square foot space. It's really great for big rock yards where just kind of it's too too rock, too much rock. Needs something soft. Honeysuckle is a great one. I've also done in that same line, you'll see at Yavapai College, they've, been, they've done a really good job with trumpet vine. It's a great big red flower to it. And they're using it as ground cover, and they use that one to climb up big uh, structures. It's very, very versatile. So again, this this list is extensive. There, there's no way that I can go over all of them. I'll mention a couple more, but uh, s- some things to go with. The, the list is free. Just just ask for it. It's it's yours. So we want you to be more successful. A lot of the plants on this javelina resistant plant list are herbs. So you'll see things like lavender rosemary, uh, oregano, creeping thyme. It's a beautiful plant, Uh, very robust, very hardy, takes full blistering hot sun, but minimal water care, and just animals don't bother it. So many, I would say most of your herbs, I've heard basil being eaten by a few animals, especially this year early on, uh, but but not generally speaking, they don't like any of the herbs. Basils are kind of on that edge. One that Lisa and I use often is Santalina, or uh, what's the other one? Cotton lavender is the common name, but Santalina, we use going up and down our stairs. We've got a two-story garden, so steps going from the driveway down to the back back area. We use Santalina as a bright, it's a silver-colored herb, so it has a fragrance. It's got the silver color, pretty yellow flowers. And it's evergreen. We use that to mark the stairs. So if you're leaving our backyard from a backyard party and it's dark, even though we have lighting, it's still dark. Uh, the, these plants, Santalina kind of glows and helps you find your space. Helps. It's almost like pillars of light going up to the front, to the front yard. So we have less accidents. Never had anyone trip and fall, but we're purposeful. We actually think through how are people, how are our guests, our family going to get from here to there when it's really dark out. So we've got we've got lights actually in the steps, but they're they're dim. They're that low twelve volt lights. There's artwork to kind of guide you up through. Of course, you got to get through the cedar gates. It's very pretty, but you got to think through how do I keep things safe and bright and cheery. So it's got a fragrance. Santalina herbs have a fragrance when you brush up against them. They just fill that whole patio area up with with herbs that you like, but animals don't. And so I'll leave you with this. Pack rats have been my nemesis. They've been roaming around. So I've caught two pack rats, two two mice this week. I've got some traps set up. Then I've got bait stations out front. Don't just just live with rodents running around your rock pile. I would say it's okay to have a space that's yours without sharing it with vermin especially rats. Rats are dirty, they carry disease, and they eat your stuff. That's, that's like the trifecta in my world. So I'd say set some trap. We can show you how to do that here, but be purposeful and then check them and trap them. But peanut butter is the secret. It's how to trap. They'll get into it, can't get away. Uh, it's really successful, but otherwise you'll be overrun 
and they eat almost everything. Okay, we will close the segment out here in just a moment. Be right back with more garden tips, tricks, and techniques. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Ken with the showy grass of the week and our forester, Feathergrass. The slightest monsoon breeze can cause this showy grass to gracefully sway in the landscape. High fashion, stylish, wow, have all described this hip-high grass. No wonder it's been voted perennial of the year. And for the florists, the feathery plumes make great cut flowers and all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love showy feather grass, they love to shop. We believe your dad would be proud of your gardens at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken, with the plants of the week and our fire alarm, Red Mums. With a name like Fire Alarm, you'd expect large red plumes that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out. Just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last. But wait, there's more. This fire alarm mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just $3.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love red mums, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let's go into the actual plants. We've described what type of plants animals aren't going to bother, or least likely to bother. We've gone over the soil. They're just interested because you've got a new plant out there. They, they're looking at going, oh, what's, what's here? Let's dig this up. Not because the plant is there because they're interested in worms or something else underneath the soil. Remember, their main protein source for javelina, for skunks, uh, for really, in, it's, it's insects. And so they'll dig down, look for earwigs and worms and grubs. And so they'll dig up and throw your plant aside just to dig up and roll in and th- think about and snort and waller and play in your garden just because it's something new. So they'll do that for trees, shrubs, whatever. So you, you pick those things back up the next morning, plant them, and then you try to fence them off until they can get rooted or until the animals get used to uh, that plant being there. So all of a sudden they don't go, oh, that's a brand new plant. Where'd that come from? Let's go check it out. So Havelina specifically, the wild pigs. If you can go down your street and you see plants that are in your neighbor's yard, more than likely it will also work in your yard because those uh, same that same herd is roaming up and down the street looking at their plants going, that's eh, the same thing as what's down there, three doors. Just let's keep moving on. There are some plants though that just they don't like. But if you don't know where to start, look at your neighbor's yard. Then you come in, and I've got a list. I'm going to put it out by the front desk here at, here at Waters Garden Center. I'll have it out for the next week or so. It says Havelina Resistant Plants. So, And it's going to be on that list a lot of names you actually like and want. It's lilacs. Lilacs, they generally, they'll leave alone. Manzanita, that's a native plant that grows wild in their environment. They have no interest in it. Red Hot Pokers. Uh, there, There's a... A plant that's kind of spiky like a yucca, but it puts on this tall, pretty much a knee high or above 
a flower that looks like a red hot poker. Thus, the name. That's a great one. Evergreen looks great. Uh, you've got your sages. Anytime you hear the word sage or salvia, or any herb really, but sages and salvias have this real herbal scent to it. And they smell that and they go, ugh, that's got to be nasty. Look, it smells like sage. Yuck. So that's your autumn sage, actual culinary sage. Anything that's got sage or salvia, you're almost guaranteed going to be a winner. Every garden should have snapdragons. Snapdragon's a cute little flower, stands about 18 inches tall, comes in a multitude, a rainbow of colors, and then they spread. They're like a true wildflower. They look delicious, but they've got a sap in them that the animals just do not like. So that's a good fall uh, blooming kind of plant that just keeps going. You plant it right out there, they'd be fine. You Californians, you'd love Nandina or Heavenly Bamboo. It looks delicious again. It looks soft. It's evergreen. It's, it, it doesn't have any of the characteristics I described at the bottom of the hour saying this, these are things animals look for. You know, the, the blue color, the two-toned leaves, the herbal, uh, kind of the fragrance. This thing doesn't have a fragrance. It, doesn't, it must have a taste that they really don't like, but it does really well. Personally, I've had peonies, a perennial peony. You folks from the Midwest, you, you love your peonies. I do too. I've had some in a raised bed right there where the javelina come through, and they just don't bother it. It's really encouraging. Butterfly bush. It's in bloom right now. Butterflies are all over it. comes in several different heights. But believe it or not, that's one of those that has that texture to the foliage. So they, they won't eat that. They don't like it. So javelina just keep grazing and go on by. If you see a flower that's got carnations, or dianthus in the name. They're kind of related. They're sort of uh, uh, the same plant, but animals, because the foliage of a carnation is generally blue with this bright, big, big pink, white, red flower to it. But that's a great one. Uh, California poppies. Again, it's in their native environment, so they just naturally leave California poppies alone. For those of you that have had erosion issues, oh, the rains have really caused issues. There's a couple ground covery kind of shrub-like things. One's cotoneaster, or people call it cotton easter. It's kind of how it's spelled phonetically, but it's cotoneaster. It's a great evergreen ground cover. Most of them, there's three or four varieties, and not one of the varieties will have Alina bother. Not one. Uh, uh, deer don't care. Rabbits, leave them alone. Great evergreen has a white flower in spring, loaded up with, with red berries uh, starting through winter. It's just every yard should have one. But if you've got erosion control, it's one plant covers about a six-foot spread. I mean, just one emitter to make this plant grow, and it just holds in six by six foot of, of, of landscape. It's great ground cover. A companion plant we often put together for hillsides, uh, up along driveways where those washes are, tend to gather, we'll put honeysuckle. There's a lot of different kinds of honeysuckle you can use, but that traditional honeysuckle, the Hall's honeysuckle, H-A-L-L, Hall's honeysuckle, that's the one as a kid you'd pull out the stamens and suck the nectar. What's well, great, great? Hummingbirds love it, but javelina don't. Uh, your, your, your butterflies love it, but the pack rats don't. I mean, your, your swallowtails love it, but... The, the uh, jackrabbits and the deer, leave it alone. Honeysuckles are really good. 
and they're draw hardy. Minimal care. Again, plant one, and it will cover about a 10 by 10 square foot space. It's really great for big rock yards where just kind of it's too too rock, too much rock. Need something soft. Honeysuckle is a great one. I've also done in that same line, you'll see at Yavapai College, they've, been, they've done a really good job with trumpet vine. It's a great big red flower to it. And they're using it as ground cover, and they use that one to climb up big uh, structures. It's very, very versatile. So again, this this list is extensive. There, there's no way that I can go over all of them. I'll mention a couple more, but uh, s- some things to go with. The, the list is free. Just just ask for it. It's it's yours. So we want you to be more successful. A lot of the plants on this javelina resistant plant list are herbs. So you'll see things like lavender rosemary, uh, oregano, thyme, creeping thyme. It's a beautiful plant, uh, very robust, very hardy, takes full blistering hot sun, but minimal water care, and just animals don't bother it. So many, I would say most of your herbs, I've heard basil being eaten by a few animals, especially this year early on, uh, but but not generally speaking, they don't like any of the herbs. Basils are kind of on that edge. One that Lisa and I use often is Santalina, or uh, what's the other one? Cotton lavender is the common name, but Santalina, we use going up and down our stairs. We've got a two-story garden, so steps going from the driveway down to the back back area. We use Santalina as a bright, it's a silver-colored herb, so it has a fragrance. It's got the silver color, pretty yellow flowers. And it's evergreen. We use that to mark the stairs. So if you're leaving our backyard from a backyard party and it's dark, even though we have lighting, it's still dark. Uh, the, these plants, Santalina kind of glows and helps you find your space. Helps. It's almost like pillars of light going up to the front to the front yard. So we have less accidents. Never had anyone trip and fall, but we're purposeful. We actually think through how are people, how are our guests, our family going to get from here to there when it's really dark out. So we've got we've got lights actually in the steps, but they're they're dim. They're that low twelve volt lights. And there's artwork to kind of guide you up through. Of course, you got to get through the cedar gates. It's very pretty, but you got to think through how do I keep things safe and bright and cheery. It's got a fragrance. Santalina herbs have a fragrance when you brush up against them. They just fill that whole patio area up with with herbs that you like, but animals don't. And so I'll leave you with this. Pack rats have been my nemesis. They've been roaming around. So I've caught two pack rats, two two mice this week. I've got some traps set up. Then I've got bait stations out front. Don't just just live with rodents running around your rock pile. I would say it's okay to have a space that's yours without sharing it with vermin especially rats. Rats are dirty, they carry disease, and they eat your stuff. That's, that's like the trifecta in my world. So I'd say set some trap. We can show you how to do that here, but be purposeful and then check them and trap them. But peanut butter is the secret. It's had a trap. They'll get into it, can't get away. Uh, it's really successful, but otherwise you'll be overrun and nothing, they eat almost everything. Okay, we will close the segment out here in just a moment. Be right back with more garden tips, tricks, and techniques. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. 
Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe bees are in danger. We can save them at Waters Garden Center. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Waters Weed and Grass Stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, it's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we have garden classes here at Waters Garden Center every Saturday at 9.30. And so they're meant to be free. So last week we had gardening for newcomers. We had about 40 people kind of, uh, in, we call them VIP, virtual in-person gardeners. Then we had another 30 or 40 online streaming in through our YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, not Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. So they were beaming in. So we're trying to make it available any place. Then you can go back and look at it later if you want. But uh, very good questions, very engaged. And so they're there every Saturday. We've just learned long ago we're kind of the experts at gardening in the Central Highlands area. So people come from all over. Lots of Dewey folks coming in. Camp Verde or, or Cottonwood coming over the hills. So they're coming from everywhere. And, and the, the same garden information applies to all of us. So that 4,000 to about 60, 6,500, it's going to work at Groom Creek as well as it does Paulden, as well as it does Kirkland, Skull Valley, as well as it does Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley. We're all sort of the same. Ah, it might change a little bit in your yard. That's called a microclimate. We're all basically a zone seven. We just need any plants and go down to uh, 10 degrees and you're pretty much good to go. And so that's, that's every Saturday. Take a look online, watersgardencenter.com. If you're looking for it, you'll find your Waters Garden Center classes. It'll show up on the front page of our website. It's got garden classes. It's right there on our Facebook page. It's got events, garden classes right there. But one I wanted to make you aware of, a special invitation. You kind of have a party and you want as many friends as you can, can have there. We call it Grapes for Good. And so Lisa and I are, are hosting Grapes for Good here at Waters Garden Center after hours on September 25th. So it's another three weeks away. It's a Sunday after close and I just keep the garden center open and I give it to a nonprofit, Rotary, I'm a Rotarian. So they wanted to raise money for their great, yeah, some tremendous causes. Uh, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. They want every kid under the age of five to have a book every month of their life. And that is amazing. Uh, path to graduation. They work with Bradshaw Mountain to make sure all their kids can take an online cat class. And they, they pay for that to make sure they have enough credits to graduate. Mather Reading Clinic here in the Prescott. They just do a lot. Plus, they're trying to get polio, clean drinking water, peace for the world. I mean, just 
uh, they, they have some lofty goals. And so I'm going, hey, they, what, what really happened? Here's the insider scoop. I'm a new member at Prescott Frontier Rotary. They meet Tuesdays at, at noon at the Prescott Resort. They go, Ken, we want you young guys to start selling ads in our, in our magazine thing. I'm going, I'm not selling ads. I didn't come here to sell ads. And it's not fun. Well, you have to. We all doing it. But I don't care. Here's my thousand bucks. Here's my ad. I'm done. And then I did that for a couple of years. I went, come on, you got to up your game. And listen, if you really want to do something where other folks want to get involved, the community rallies, why don't you throw a wine tasting party at my place in the gardens in September? It'll be beautiful. The weather's perfect. I mean, just it's this beautiful, sprawling place. The sun's setting. It's just hummingbirds and butterflies are out and it's fun. And so Barry with Elgato Azul has agreed to cater it and pair it with pair the food with the wines. Only Barry. I love you, Barry. Elgato Azul. They, they're a sponsor, major sponsor. Uh, uh, Lamb Chevrolet. Uh, the Daily Courier. They've stepped up and really premier sponsor. Pinnacle and Foothills Bank. Uh, Dignity Health. And so all these, all these, I mean, Yavapai, Health and Wellness, Quad City Business News, then go on, Presco Women Magazine. Northern Arizona uh, Social AZ. So they're just, they're surrounding around this and they'll raise a hundred grand just like that for the community. And it goes all nonprofit, all goes to great cause. Most of it stays right here and it's just a good cause. You're invited. Tickets are 60 bucks. They're available at the Garden Center or at Olson's Grain or at uh, Prescott True Value or online. Take a look at that. But there's, we're starting to get the press release out. If you hear about it, jump in and join us. Bring a friend. It's just a hoot. Bring the neighborhood. It's just a hoot. Lots of wine, beers, water, great food, and some great auction items like Italian villas. Some of the Rotary guys are giving away their Austria uh, condos uh, for the cause, and you auction that off. I'm giving away a free uh, garden console. I'll come out to your house, and we'll just walk through, sip a glass of wine, and tell you how to do better in your yard. But September 25th, Grapes for Good. Love to have you join us. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Love talking to fans of the show. If new neighbors are encroaching on your privacy, we have just the solution. At Waters, we have an entire section of thick, bold plants dedicated to privacy. Fall is a time to plant a new privacy hedge, and we're here as advisors. Take a quick measurement and snap a picture before you come visit, and you'll quickly be living in privacy once again. Plus, our team of experts know how to plant to increase plant growth next spring. We'll show you how or do all the planting work for you. Waters Garden Center, we know privacy in your backyard. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.